Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Okay, so on the line, I'm told uh, Congressman Zeldin is on the line with us. Uh, welcome back to Cats at Night. Hey, everybody. Well, where the heck are we? I mean, uh, uh, you brought in, if it wasn't for you bringing in all those congressmen to, uh, in uh, New York, uh, maybe we would not have had the majority. Well, we, we had a lot of great candidates. Uh, they were out working hard. Uh, we were running as one team and talking about many of the same issues. And uh, really excited to see all the down-ballot success. I was just in D.C. with uh, Congresswoman Malia Takis. She was telling me that four of the assembly districts in her congressional district flipped. Uh, wow. Great, yeah, seeing great strides uh, inside of New York City a lot that the Republican uh, Party let me, can Let me uh, calm down uh, David Patterson. He's a little upset. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too upset yet. Go ahead, Congressman. <laughs> Well, listen, it, it was uh, it, it's just important for the Republican Party to work on uh, outreach to voters who uh, maybe haven't voted Republican in the past. Uh, during our campaign, we would show up anywhere. Uh, we would show up everywhere. Uh, it was the day before the election, and you know, she just saw their faces in Co-op City in the Bronx when I was showing up. You're, you're not supposed to be here. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's just important for – uh, people, when they're out there campaigning for votes, yes, it's, you know, you speak to your base. You want to make sure that your supporters are showing up. But uh, it's also important to expand and, and talk to people about issues that matter most to them and, and work hard, start early, take nothing for granted. And uh, for voters out there, make sure your vote doesn't get taken for granted. Well, well, Congressman, you, worked, you're... you worked so very hard. And I want to ask one question. And David Patterson, we're going to go to you and, and uh, Rudy Washington and then you. Um, why did New York City, the five boroughs, get 70 percent of the vote when, when, when all the crime that's going on? Well, there's different types of voters out there. I mean, we won Staten Island by about 33 um, percent. There were parts of the uh, Orthodox Jewish community where these election districts were coming in. Uh, a bunch of them had us up over 90 percent. With the Asian-American community, we won Chinatown in Manhattan, Flushing in Queens, Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Uh, and then there are other people out there who, uh, you know, especially inside of Manhattan, uh, inside of some other parts of Brooklyn, uh, they came out strong. I mean, they, they heeded the call. The last week of the election, uh, the, the governor brought out uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Joe and Jill Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, a whole bunch of different celebrity friends. You had the Working Families Party campaigning to uh, be able to exist because it was a governor gubernatorial election. You had some labor unions uh, stepping up, and uh, it was kind of like they were cramming for a final exam. They probably shouldn't have waited as long as they did, but uh, you know they they woke up uh, in time. Uh, you know, I would say sometimes with these elections, they say, well, if you only had one more week, I would actually say it would have been inter more interesting if the election was about one week earlier. Um, but still, it was uh, an exciting race and a uh, spirited contest and uh, grateful for your excellent coverage every single night. Just trying to get the facts out. Governor Patterson, uh, you know, Congressman, uh, I, I, I was almost shocked when you said that because I actually sort of sensed that the campaign that you waged and you really hit the issues that people were thinking about, because if you didn't, there wouldn't have been so much discussion. There wouldn't have been so much movement in the polls. But I sort of thought that toward the end, 
there was uh, finally a reaction and that it bought the current governor four more years. I just wondered uh, at times when you got even, why you didn't talk about some of the issues such as what goes on in Long Island where, you know, both of us grew up, where um, you've got a lot of seniors losing their homes now because they can't afford to stay there because of the taxes and obviously the inflation that exists or even the tax issue, which uh, there wasn't too much you said about uh, taxes. And, of course, obviously, that's a real problem for all New Yorkers. Well, actually, I mean, we, we crushed the vote on Long Island. Uh, we, we ended up with about 20 percent uh, of the statewide vote came out of Long Island, which was outpacing registration. Uh, we won by close to 20 points in Suffolk. Uh, had a double-digit win in Nassau County, uh, so you know th- this race was. Uh, we were very happy with both the turnout and the margins. Yeah, and as far as the the issues go, it, w- it was interesting because people say, "Well, what's the top issue?" What we found was that downstate, the number one issue was crime. The number two issue was the economy. Upstate, the number one issue was the economy. The number two issue was crime. Right. Uh, and as we're traveling around, you know, many parts of of upstate. Uh, that was the number one thing that we had to talk about was the economic piece, economic opportunity, affordability, energy costs, jobs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, on, on Long Island, everyone came out strong. It was, uh, it was really good numbers we were happy with. It's, if, if it was just Long Island, uh, you know, and it's, you know, we ended up winning 49 of 62 counties. Uh, but wow. Especially, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And, but, it, you know, Manhattan and, That's uh, big news. and Brooklyn. That's very, very big news. Yeah. The vote in Manhattan and Brooklyn was down 10%, but it was still uh, kind of overwhelming for your opponent. And, and I'll, I'll tell you something else that's interesting as far as next level of that is even during Election Day, uh, they weren't hitting their numbers. You know, they, they come out with updates after 9 a.m., 12 a.m., uh, 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and, of course, the end. Uh, when the 3 p.m. numbers had come out, the turnout was not where it needed to be. Uh, but over the course of those last six hours of the campaign, we saw a big uptick uh, with the Democratic vote coming out uh, across the city, but especially inside of Manhattan and Brooklyn. Uh, Congressman, this is Rudy Washington. I want to talk to you about the future. Talk to us about the RNC. Well, I mean, since the election was over, I've had people reach out with all sorts of uh, different ideas, uh, you know, that they don't understand that really the dream job is to bring John his coffee. And they, but they're calling me about uh, possible backup options uh, and that they've ranged from running for office um, for it, for all sorts of different offices that are out there, the stuff inside of government, out of government. One of the options uh, that has been floated. I've received a lot of calls, especially over the last week or so, about considering a run for chair of the Republican National Committee. It's uh, it's something that I am considering. Uh, I've I have been uh, participating in a lot of phone calls, a lot of people reaching out, uh, and we're gonna you know seriously think through if, whether if I, to do it. If I recall, uh, you were on with Laura Ingram uh, last night, and. She- she raised the question, and I think, Judge, you even mentioned it to me about these hundred people that uh, Daniels has already committed to her, and you kind of uh, poo-pooed that idea. Well, I think, Lee, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I just want to congratulate you on a great race, Congressman. I think you are the, the fresh face in the Republican Party. In fact, I'll go broader than that. I think you're the fre- a fresh face for America. We we need you. Whatever your next 
situation is, we're very thankful to uh, to have you there. But the, and, and by we'll, the way, and for those listening, this is David Patterson, and I approve that message. <laughs> <laughs> this is the House Democrat Richard Weinberg, and I approve that message. Yes. <laughs> but, but the other interesting thing, I read Miranda Devine's column, and she's floating you out to be Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. And I had to educate some of my colleagues, and I said, two interesting secrets are, one, you don't have to be a lawyer to be a justice in the United States Supreme Court, and two, you do not have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be its Speaker. So what do you say about that? And well, the second may be the less had- known of the two. Yeah, Ke- Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, they, they had the vote. This week, he got a majority of the conference. He has until January 3rd to get 218 votes uh, on the House floor. Uh, he's working hard to put those votes together. And, you know, that really the, the, the conversation is, is mute while, while Kevin's going through that effort of uh, putting the votes together. <clears throat> um, that was one of the other things that I've, I, I've had some people reach out to me about. And then as far as the... Uh, the 100 uh, Republican National Committee members who you know, have said that they uh, support uh, Ronnie McDaniel for another term, uh, there's different levels of uh, support on that list. I mean, I, I've had people on that list who have had committed before my name was floated who have been calling me up asking me to run. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at a list that, you know, isn't actually – the, the number that is being floated, um, but as people reach out, um, I, I'm able to get a sense as to uh, where her support is and, and where our support would be so that we can make a good decision. Congressman Zeldin, can I ask just one last question? Do you have any regrets on your campaign? And again, I also want to reiterate what Judge Weinberg said. You fought a hard one. I, I think you won. I mean, in my heart, you won I, to come within just five points, considering it's two Democrats to Republicans, two to one in New York State. What you did was so incredible, inspiring, and congratulations. And we're all very proud of you. But if you had one thing you could have changed, what would it be about your campaign? <clears throat> Well, you know, I, I don't – I wouldn't say that I have any regrets about how we ran the campaign. Um, I mean, you can you know, try to learn lessons and you know, how would you do things better uh, next time. Uh, any, any experience that you have in, in politics, you, you learn ways to, you know, to, to tool an aspect of a campaign even stronger. Um, you know, we've been through a bunch of campaigns and, you know, we had a strong team. Uh, we, we were executing our plan. Uh, we were working hard. Uh, we stayed on message. And, uh, you know, it, w- with, you know, if you look at when the TV ad started after Labor Day and, uh, you know, Kathy Hochul came out with her messaging on uh, abortion and Trump and we came out with our messaging on fighting crime and having safer streets. And, you know, you could come out of the gate with whatever type of message you want. Uh, we made a decision instead of being on defense, uh, we were going to be on offense on the issue that we have also identified was the number one issue downstate. Uh, so we, we, we came out with, uh, with that message that we knew that a lot of people across party lines were, uh, were interested in, and we stayed on message. And we did it effectively enough where, 
you know, the governor had to change up her message. We didn't have to, to change up ours. Uh, so, you know, there are lessons to be learned of what, what worked or something that we might think of over time that didn't work. Uh, but we're certainly not going to operate under regret, although we might identify certain lessons learned along the way. Thank Lee Lee Zeldin, thank you so much. You worked very, very hard, and I'm sure you have a great career ahead of you, and uh, we're always going to be there for you because you're a really hard worker. And thank you so much for coming on this Friday afternoon. You got it. Thanks, everybody. Take thank care. You. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com